Today is Friday, June 5th, 2020. In lieu of the regularly scheduled content that I was planning to share, today I'll be highlighting and amplifying Black voices in America, specifically on mindfulness and the omission of Black voices in mindfulness, along with other resources in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. This is Abby Webster Moran, and you're listening to No Place Like Own. I am a white, middle-aged, Midwestern woman living in the Midwest in America in 2020. I grew up you know, my folks were divorced. I was on food stamps and in low-income housing, raised by a single mother. My dad was an unapologetic racist. Now, we wouldn't use that term. No, he said he was prejudiced and, you know, justified it. And my mother meant well, but certainly had her own prejudices. And there were you know, microaggressions and off-color jokes and really the framework for being a racist in America woven into the fabric of my upbringing. And I look around almost all of my white friends and I, I see similar experiences. Now, I'm only going to speak for myself today. But my point and my goal here today is to not speak so much, but to listen. And so what I wanted to do is gather some resources to share in an effort to amplify black voices, specifically in the world of mindfulness. I stumbled across an article on the mindful.org page. It's an interview in 2017 with Dr. Angela Rose Black specifically on the omission of the voices and wisdom of people in color in excuse me people of color in mindfulness research teaching and practice Dr. Angela Rose Black is the founder of Mindfulness for the People TM LLC it's a black owned social change agency that is radically reimagining the mindfulness movement She's an activist, scholar, practitioner, and thought leader in the mindfulness movement, and she's also the founder and CEO of Mindfulness for the People, LLC. It's a black-owned social change agency that offers oppression-sensitive and culturally responsive mindfulness trainings, engaging radical battle fatigue among people of color and white fragility among white people. And they asked her specifically that, you know, what is it? Why were you felt called to create mindfulness for the people? And her response really struck me. And it's, it's helping me to look deeper within my own heart, but also within the industry and, and livelihood and community that I am a part of. 
I pride myself and I know so many yoga and mindfulness practitioners pride themselves on being inclusive and making these practices accessible to all people. And yet if you look around, you'll notice a stark lack of representation in voices that represent cultures other than white Americans. And this is important. Representation matters. So they asked her, why did you create this? And this was Dr. L- Dr. Angela Rose Black's response. Mindfulness for the people was born from my desire to center the voices and wisdom of people of color in mindfulness research, teaching, and practice. From feeling the deeply painful but sobering reality that our omission and mindfulness spaces was reflective of our absence from the very imagination of what mindfulness is or could be. White folks may be surprised to note the myriad ways in which they too benefit by seeing people of color engaged in our own mindfulness practices and by being led in mindfulness instruction by teachers of color. One comment I've often received teaching mindfulness to white students is, until having this felt experience of being instructed by a person of color, never before had they realized how rarefied this dynamic is in their lives and how hungry they were for more. Never before had they been encouraged to consider there might be consequences for the relative absence of people of color perspectives influencing their worldviews, their very practice. This integration of people of color perspectives is a key way white folks can contribute to reimagining the mindfulness movement and act in opposition to systematic whiteness in the mindfulness movement. Mindful went on to ask her, What is it that makes reimagining the mindfulness movement such a radical act? And Dr. Angela Rose Black had this to say in response. Reimagining a mindfulness movement that actually meets the needs of our racialized world is a radical act. Because in doing so, we are collectively saying that although our oppressors may be connected, the way in which we arrive at suffering can look very different. We no longer have to be blissed out by the universality that unites us, our family stress, work stress, relational stress, because we have the right to feel distinct differences in our life experiences as a function of our racial identities. So if we cannot live unracialized lives in a racialized world, then when will the mindfulness movement respond in kind? If you look around, you do notice that a lot of us uh, white folks in the mindfulness world particularly, our response to these protests, to the riots, to the looting, to this uprising, to people rising up, and, and loudly speaking their voices and demanding to be heard, a lot of folks feel uncomfortable by this and we want to put our heads in the sand and we want to revert back to just promoting peace, 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 
But what we do is, uh, you know, we talk people through, you know, letting go of the things that weigh us down and we move people through these meditations that are really coming from a white perspective. How can we ask people to feel safe and to take deep breaths and breathe when there are folks who literally cannot breathe, who are, are, their lives are being extinguished at the hands of leadership and the powers that be and police brutality and it, and it, and nothing's being done about it. It happens again and again and again and day after day after day. And we invite people into our classrooms and speak from a a place of white privilege and ask people to take a deep breath and let it all go and just get along with each other. And I'm sorry, that doesn't work right now. There is no peace until there is justice for all people. There is no all lives matter until black lives matter. And that's important because unfortunately to some people, black lives don't matter at all. And so I'm not a privileged person. I grew up raised by a single mama on food stamps and low income housing and all that jazz. And yet I absolutely have privilege because the color of my skin does not deter me from doing things like going birding, (laughs) going for a jog without getting shot in the middle of the broad daylight. I can relax in the comfort of my own home. I can ask for help after being in a car crash and I can have a cell phone and I can go to a party and I can play loud music. I can sleep in my own bed. I can walk from the corner store. I can go to church. I can walk home with Skittles. I can hold a hairbrush while leaving my own bachelor party. I can go to a party on New Year's. I can get a traffic ticket. I can lawfully carry a weapon. I can smoke pot on my porch if I want to. I can shop at Walmart. I can have a disabled vehicle. I can be a 10-year-old walking around with my grandfather. I can decorate for a party. I can ask a cop a question. I can cash a check in peace. I can take out my wallet I can run, I can breathe, I can eat a bag of Skittles walking home. I can be arrested without the fear of being murdered. White privilege is real. It is important for white people to consider a black person's experience. Sooner or later, a beat dog bites. It's easy to say, take a deep breath, right? It's easy to say that. It's easy for white people to tell people of color how to respond or react in moments of distress and violence and oppression. But I'm not here to do that. I'm here to amplify the black voices who are not being heard. And in that spirit, I want to uh, point out the resource that I did, and I will link that article. But uh, Dr. Angela Brown, let me find that again here so I can make sure I've got the source correct. 
Again, Dr. Angela Rose Black. Her website is Mindfulness for the People, LLC. I encourage you to check that out. A book that I'm presently reading and I really encourage to all of my white friends is White Fragility. And I'm going to share um, a 17-minute guided meditation on it's a Black Lives Matter meditation for healing racial trauma from Dr. Candace Nicole. She is a, a counseling psychologist, healer, and black woman with a love ethic to her activism. And so I'm going to, uh, that's the meditation I'm going to play for us here in just a little bit, but I do want to mention there is a, a few resources to consider. Free Your Mind is an African-American guide to meditation and freedom by Cortez Rainey. That one comes highly recommended. And again, the Black Lives Matter meditation, she actually, the author of this, has a blog. Excuse me, that's not right. Not a blog, a podcast, How to Love a Human on iTunes. So check that out. And I'm going to cue this up. If you're following along and you want to listen um, and get into this meditation now, go ahead and get comfortable, or you could save this for later. But this is a 17-minute guided meditation for white people who identify as allies and or accomplices to Black Lives Matter using mindfulness, affirmation, and meta or loving kindness.
trying to adjust your body, simply notice it for a moment.
comfortable. someone 
or something you love and continue filling your heart. As your heart fills with love, notice the warmth in your body. While your body warms, repeat silently to yourself.
meditation music continues. Open yourself to anti-racist loving energy. Again, I will be linking resources and information on the No Place Like Ohm podcast Facebook page to follow up with more information on Black-owned businesses, specifically Black voices and mindfulness. You all know my favorite yoga teacher really out there. One of my favorites is Diane Bondi anyway. I chose to put her interview last week to amplify her beautiful voice in yo in the yoga world. She's really an advocate, not just for black voices, but for all marginalized people, people of color, uh, people of size. So I just adore her as it is. And I did share a lot of information about her last week, but I'm going to continue to share more information about her um, and, and link all of the places you can find her. The podcast I want to highlight is called The 100 Series. It's based here in the Quad Cities, and they have um, episodes daily, which is really awesome. And they've had some great episodes recently highlighting how we can fight racism. 
in America right now. And we can all do it right now because black lives do matter. And I know our white privilege pulls us to want to say something as kind of misinformed and misguided and tone deaf as, well, all lives matter. Yes, Karen, no one's saying that. No one's saying that all lives don't matter. We aren't saying, uh, one of the best analogies I saw the other day was saying that said, I can't remember the Twitter post. I'll have to find it and I'll link that on my page as well. It said, um, you know, and the analogy of when we say save the rainforests, it's not like we're saying fuck all the other rainforests, right? No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying when we say black lives matter is that that is what we're focusing on right now because our black and brown friends and bodies are in danger. There is a pandemic of its own going on right now. It's been going on for a long time and the racism we face and deal with and try not to deal with and wiggle away from in America is systematic And it's been going on, this oppression has been going on, the brutality and, and, and aggressions and microaggressions and looking the other way and putting our head in the sand and, and not saying anything because we don't want to rock the boat. Well, guess what? Silence is violence and we have a voice and we are to stand up and use it to end this oppression and to stand up for the social justice for all people, but right now, specifically for our black indigenous people of color, our brothers and sisters who need the support and the amplified support of of all of us, of everybody, to make sure we're learning, we're listening, and we're giving the stage to the people we need to hear from the most. So with that, I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm going to quit chatting here. I'm going to encourage you to follow up on some of these links and educate yourselves because you know what, white people, it's our responsibility. Don't message your black friends and ask them how you should do better and what you should say and what you shouldn't say. Tell your black friends that you are here to support them unequivocally and that you will stand with them and that you will take the responsibility just like I am working to do. This is not me pointing fingers. I will take the responsibility to educate myself, to learn more, to learn history, to learn why it matters to make these stands and to do better. Every day we are born anew. I might not have known better yesterday, but you know what? Today I do, and therefore I must do better. And I encourage you, especially my white friends, to do the same. I wish you all so much love, and I want to wish us all so much peace, and I want us all to gather in a circle and talk about peace, but there is no peace until there is justice. And so my prayer today is for us all to fight for justice, so that we may know peace. I will return most likely to regularly scheduled programming next week, but I encourage you to continue to take this time to really branch out, open our hearts and our minds and our perspectives to hearing from different voices from different cultures so we can have a more rich and full experience, but more importantly, so that everybody has a room at this table. 
All right, my friends, I'm sending you so much love. Be good to yourselves and be good to each other. Until next time. The music to close the show today is from popular Jamaican reggae artist Ross Zachary. Takes reggae music to a whole new level. This Kingston-based artist released this mantra album in April of 2018. And I'm playing a track as we close the show. But there's seven tracks on this album. It's mantras that are focused on healing and creativity and forgiveness but put against the backdrop of the roots of reggae. Wanted to feature a black artist as we closed. And as we finish up and wrap it up, I want to thank our sponsor, as always, Indigo Wellness Studios, located in Moline, Illinois. You can visit their website at www.indigowellness.info, I-N-F-O. Slowly, they're returning to some outdoor classes with limited class size available, so reservations are a must. You can download the MindBody app to get their schedule and make reservations online or just go through your desktop. I want to thank Orion Moran, our sound engineer and provider, writer, creator, recorder of the intro music to the No Place Like Ohm podcast. And happy 16th birthday, Orion who turned 16 on the 4th of June. Thanks again, friends, and we'll talk soon.